Hey, it's Kelly O'Neill. We're going to be talking today about how I started my first business. Some of you have sent in some messages asking how in the world I got started and how I ended up where I am now. Hey, it's Kelly O'Neill and you're listening to Kelly O Says, a podcast for parent entrepreneurs, parentpreneurs I like to call all of us, building businesses and raising humans. You know, it. I had to kind of come back through comments and, and messages from previous week of how I got started and, and people want to know, how do you start your business? How do you get traffic? Where do you find money? How do you find clients and all this? And how did I get started in the first place? And, you know, I refer a lot to my first business and how I sort of turned $500 into six figures. Now it wasn't all in the same year and this was several years ago, but the $500 I spent was on equipment actually. Uh, it was a medical transcription and back then I wasn't really thinking of it as a business. I was just trying to work from home and as a subcontractor and it grew from one client to several clients to me then hiring transcriptionists in other countries to kind of compound my time. So whereas, you know, you would typically work an hour and bill an hour, trying to get away from that hour for hour exchange. I was, well, I learned quickly. <laughs> my little fingers could only type so much. So if I typed enough medical documents for enough hours, I knew that the more I typed, the more I made. Well, it got to a point where I mean, my hands were hurting. It, you know, if you've ever typed for a long time or, or written for a long time, you know, your hands get a little fatigued. And this was at a time when um, HIPAA first came out. It was like a governmental, which if you're in the States, you know all about this. For this document of confidentiality between the doctor and the patient, and not to share information, whatever. And, and this is also a time where people were... I want to say people, <laughs> my clients, were um, using, and, and today it seems silly to even think about this because you know, we use people in different, hire people in different countries all the time. But back then it was a little sensitive because people were, uh, or I should say patients, were concerned about sending their patient, in, patient information overseas or wherever it would be. Well, in the States, you would pay a transcriptionist 10 cents a line. doesn't sound like a whole lot, but when a report has pretty much the same sort of cookie cutter, they call it a SOAP note, subject, objective, what is it, assessment, and plan. So a doctor would pretty much always dictate in the same way. So if you've ever seen your medical, your medical uh, reports, they're kind of, the, they're all the same. It's, you know, a couple major blurbs in there, and as physicians got a little more efficient in this, they would say kind of the same thing and, you know, kind of rush through it. So the faster they got through your charts, the faster they could get back to being patients. Therefore, when someone is transcribing the dictation, the faster we can get, to, you know, the transcriptions can get through the, the report, the more money we made. There are cool little sort of shorthand things, tips and, you know, you talk about tips and tricks of today's uh, tech market. We had, you know, that's not a new thing. In transcription, like I would type out, I don't know, um, HTZ and 
the program would automatically be loaded with all of these medical terms, dosages, uh, pharmaceutical terms, uh, diagnoses, what else would it be? Um, prescriptions, obviously. So it, I would type out HTZ and it would type out, I don't remember now, <laughs> or I would type out CP for chest pain. So the less keystrokes you made, the faster you could go and you could just push on through it, right? So let's say hyper, well, I don't, gosh, I, it's been so long, it's been like 20 years since I've uh, typed a report. Let me think, see if I can think of something that was really, really long. Hyper, hypercholesterolemia, that was it. Hypercholesterolemia, that's a pretty, I can still spell that, by the way. <laughs> that's a pretty long word. So you come up with these little shortcut you know, of your own. They had some loaded in there, but you know, you would go faster and faster and faster. So, um, I learned that, you know, I was going really fast and they would give me more work and it got to be more work than I wanted to do. As I got more clients, I started bringing on transcription. So I would hire transcriptionists and, you know, there were contracts as far as who would be the end contractor to the end user. And so if I was a, a company, they would hire my company where I could have transcriptions wherever I wanted, right? So it got to a point where I had 400 medical transcriptionists in five different countries. Now, whew, that was a lot of people. But if I compounded my time, my for, instead of being paid roughly $25 per hour, I was paid $25 per hour per transcriptionist. But then I'd have to pay them, right? Well, in the U.S., it was 10 cents a line. In India, I would only have to pay 2 cents a line. So there's the margin there, right? And don't get your, don't get all heebie about it. They don't care about our personal information. It's all legal. <laughs> but since legally and, you know, securely and all that, you know, as you could back then. And, I mean, they're, they had, they still do have banks of transcriptionists. They pump out awesome, um, awesome work in India and in the Philippines, actually. So, you know, now today we hire people in all different countries. It's not a big, it's like not a big deal. But back then, you know, it was a little um, questionable. So, but the thing was is that I got better turnaround from other countries than I did in the U.S., from people in the U.S., you know, not dodging anybody in the U.S., but that was just the time. That was just the time. And I would definitely, I would get it back in two hours versus 24 hours. So you could see the churn of work that I could pump out. And I would, it, it got to where it was just, it was too much for my head, you know, and I needed to scale down a little bit, which sounds really crazy. But at the time, I was building this business so that it could run on its own while I finished college. I was still in school. I started a medical transcription company because I was good at terms. I was in school to be a physician assistant at the time. Uh, I was working as a cardiovascular tech, so I was working. I did those little heart tests, those little EKGs that you get if somebody has heart chest pain or they're having a heart attack. I was the person that came in, did the little test. I loved it. I loved it. I'm still friends with people that I worked with back then. Fabulous. I loved that job. It was so fun. 
And because basically I had a little pager on me and I ran around the hospital talking to my friends until they beeped me to go in the trauma room, <laughs> go in there, do my EKG and leave. And in between these, so at home, you know, on, when I was not doing that, because I did that like every other weekend. And this is when my kid was really, really tiny. I mean, we're talking like birth to three, I think. So when I started this medical transcription company, I wanted to be able to have a source of income while I was in my clinicals. As the money was coming in, I noticed that I was making more doing this. as a, and, and by now, I was more not, I, I didn't think of myself as a freelancer or a subcontractor. I mean, it was a legit business. I mean, I was, I had people under me. My clients had hired me as um, profit sharing employee. You know, I mean, it got to be, it was bigger than what it had, it had um, kind of presented itself. So when I got pregnant with kid number two, I had a choice to make. I either needed it was, I had my last year of college. It was my last, I had that clinical, I mean, it was a year and a half for clinicals in PA school, physician assistant. Anyway, it was an hour away from where I lived. So it was a huge choice to make. My, my now ex-husband, but he worked seconds or thirds, I don't remember now, which has been too long. But, you know, not only would somebody have to be home with, with Ryan, which is the reason why I started this, my oldest daughter, reason why I started this, um, working from home in the first place, but now I had another child and did I really want to leave? And I was like, I'm making bank, man. And I'm making profit sharing bank. I was making more than not bank as, you know, in my head as a 29 year old, you know? So at the time, so I, I had a decision to make knowing that I was making more now as a business owner than if I finished school and become a PA to work in an ER in at night because it was that was when you you know the the popular time was in the evenings when everybody was home and and brought their kids in the doctor's offices were closed they would come into the fast track of the ER you know and come on urgent care and I decided I didn't want to do that so I stopped going to school. I just was like, well, I'll take a break. Lo and behold, we know it was a military. We are a military family, deployment after deployment, right? So, and then we moved away and got divorced and make a long story short. I wanted to be able to have an income of my own. Thank you, Susie Orman. <laughs> just in case, kind of one of those just in cases. Well, and of course, hindsight, I needed that. Well, the reason why I bring this up is that I'm still making that money off that same $500. I had nearly zero overhead. The only thing I had was my computer and an internet connection. That's all the expenses that I had. I had to pay my people, right? But it was all bank transfer or by check. If they were in the U.S. or Canada, it was an actual handwritten check. Can you believe it? I hand wrote those checks <laughs> and mailed them out. But we're still in this same $500 investment, so I thought it was sitting pretty, you know? And then when it, it sort of morphed into marketing for medical doctors and then 
you know, SEO for websites, that kind of thing, and, and patient education libraries, and then clients of clients started hiring me to do some of their stuff. But, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, though, because I, it got to a time where I was looking for the fat cat corporate contracts, and those are really nice when they come around. But it was interesting, though, because the, MBA, the people who were hiring me were MBA grads who were and they had more than one advanced degree, and they held high-level C-suite positions. Um, C-suite meaning um, chief of something. Chief of medical, what was it? Chief marketing officer. There was one that was chief information officer, one that was chief technical officer. Because what I had learned wasn't taught in B-school, business school. What I had learned as doing SEO, marketing websites, marketing online, social media, pay-per-click, whether it was AdWords, being it was being in Yahoo at the time, this is when Yahoo had their separate AdWord, um, separate ads department, um, and Google AdWords, and then later it was even just a year or two ago, was that two years ago? Anyway, uh, someone had hired me to do their Facebook train, Facebook ads training for their in-house people. So what's interesting is as technology keeps going and Elon Musk just came out and said he does not hire MBAs because they're not, especially in the tech industry, because they don't teach this. Now, just now in 2018-ish, they're, they're starting to teach entrepreneurial school or um, now we call it e-school, uh, these businesses to build your own business. But Business school has its purpose. If you want to run someone else's company or you want to be the VP or C-suite in someone else's company, yeah, totally go for it. I don't think that if you're listening, especially this long 13 minutes into this podcast, that if you are wanting, I don't think that's probably you. If you want to own your own business or start your own business, that's probably why you're listening. Now you can get started for 20 bucks. You can get started with uh, free trials and not spend any money at all. It's amazing. So $500 starting seems like so much money when now some of my students sign up for some free trials on some software and just start making calls and posting on social media and they've got clients literally day one. It's, it's kind of insane the kind of money you can turn out these days. So my question is, uh, there are still some people who Clients who won't hire me because I don't have a bachelor's degree, even though their other candidates or the other people that they're trying to hire can't give them the same experience I can. And I'm okay with that because I'm not going to change that. I wouldn't have changed if I would have finished school. Well, first of all, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. I would be a physician assistant somewhere. But... <laughs> I also wouldn't have had all of that back knowledge. Like I, I know why Facebook, what's changed over the years of why Facebook is so expensive now versus a year ago versus two years ago. I understand how, what has changed through the Google ranking and social and well and SEO. Back because you know, I had to figure out how to come out of some of those algorithm changes. You know what I mean? So. Instead of reading about it after the fact, I mean, I actually lived through it and was able to bring my clients' websites through it and bring my clients through that oh shit moment. That's something you can't teach 
in B school. So are you one of those people that is stuck trying to figure out, well, I need a certification, I need a degree, I need whatever to start my business? I'm telling you, you don't. And there's lots of people. And hey, if Elon Musk says it, I mean, hey. So if you're one of those people that's stuck, you don't know how to move forward, even if you've been in a business for a while and need some sort of help to move forward, there's getting ready to be a really loud siren in the background <laughs> right next to my window in the office. And there's, it's going to, yep, there it goes. But go to parentpreneur.co, grab a spot on my next web training, grab a spot on my email list so that you can be alerted to what's coming up next. It's not parentpreneur.com.com is in a different country. So if you're in the U.S. or you're following me, Kelly O'Neill, go to parentpreneur.co. Hope to see you soon.